All right, but right now we're ready to bring on our next guest. I listen to his pod every week, does a great job covering sports media business and perfect timing to bring him into the fold right now. John Orand joining us from the Sports Business Journal, and uh, you can check out his pod too. We'll give you a little more information on that. It's with Andrew Marshand. It's the Marshand and Orand Sports Media Podcast. John, great to have you on here for the first time. How are you, and how are you doing as a very devoted Orioles fan? hyperventilating I, they, they keep they keep winning <laughs> did you see that game last night oh man. it's just so fun because uh i have a son who was uh, born in 1999 i live in dc and i made him be an orioles fan and from 1999 for the i think the first 14 years of his life they didn't eclipse the 500 mark so just being being able to be in these exciting games is is a uh, is new and unique you know it's a uh, it just hasn't happened a lot so it's a lot of fun so if it hasn't happened, are you nervous? Are you nervous because no, you not nervous at happen? all. They could have lost. I, I'll be. I'll. I'll th- that'll come. I think that'll come eventually. But right now, it's it's just fun. They're they, they're uh, great young players, exciting young team. It's 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 fun having games that you care about. So no, the, no nerves whatsoever. Really, it's Before all great. Again, no, and I love that, and it, and you deserve it. Why? <laughs> because you had to go through the ugliness of of tanking right? Which is not fun for the baseball fan. So before we get to the broadcasting side, for you as a fan to get the real picture here, is it worth it? And what effect does it have on a generation? Like you're kind of on the ground, right? Like we don't live in the area. Do you lose a generation when you're purposely not good for like six years? Obviously you see it in the attendance, but you know, the concern is always like, is there a 10 year old that's like, well, I'm not watching 105 losses for four (laughs) or five years. This is not good baseball. I think so. In, in Baltimore, too. I mean, one of the one of the fears that I had, I mean, so I have three kids. My son stuck with me and he's, he's with the Orioles because he just was through, through thick and thin. My two daughters, they went to the Nats as soon as they could. Uh, and, and you have, you know, <laughs> Philly up to the north and, and, and the Nationals down uh, to the south. And all of a sudden, like, if you lose 115 games for four straight seasons, that has to have some sort of effect. Uh, I'd, I'd prefer to be pretty good the whole way through. But it is it's intoxicating looking at the, the young team that they have on the field now, knowing the players that are coming up through the uh, um, uh, through the minor leagues. I mean, I'm looking at holiday stats and I, I, I can't I'm salivating. I can't wait for them to come up. So is it worth it? Ultimately, probably. But boy, that was a that was a rough five years. Yeah, you got to You got to wipe worth it out. It? it was tough. What? Worth it. Come on, you would rather have been cheering that whole time. Of course, I, I think so. I think so. I hated it, and I, and I, I I wanted them to pay all the way through. But like, are we gonna? We're, we're gonna be. It's like the Astros. We're gonna be good for a, a decade or more. No. And so, no, no. You don't think the so? Astros paid their players. That's the one difference. I will say. <laughs> I will say, John, because I want to get to the broadcast stuff. But well, we were all. This is all feelings. Come on, man. They. they they pay. I mean, they're paying. They're paying Jose Altuve thirty million dollars a year. John yeah, Angelos. Well, so when, when you ask, were you the one that asked if I was nervous? Like, re-sign Rushman and Henderson. Yes. Like, I'm already nervous about their, their contract years. Totally. Too late. It's too late. Unless unless the Orioles get sold in the next four years, it's too late. Adley Rushman's already going to cost you two hundred million dollars. Agreed. He's already 200 plus mil player because Buster po- he's doing, I keep saying Buster Posey comp type of things just because of his makeup, not even talking about his ability on the field. Cause he's doing what Buster did and he leads that team. Buster got 160 back in 2012. 
the year they won the World Series after he won the MVP. 160. That was a long time ago. You're a bit sports a business journal guy. Yeah. We're talking 200 million. <laughs> yeah, he's 200 plus. And it goes up every day, right? It every, goes up every day. And every every time they don't get swept, and it's been a million million months already, 70-something series. So, all right, let's get to your specialty here. I want to f- make sure we focus on this because it's super important to me. I've worked <clears> in the you know MLB world for a long time, and now, obviously, we're, we're independent here, so we can go wherever we want to go. Your thoughts, and to reiterate some of what you've said on your pod, but bring it to this conversation on what has gone down with Kevin Brown and the Baltimore Orioles, not just the suspension, but now coming back and the statement that we saw from him on Friday as he returned. Well, the, the whole thing is, is just so odd. And it's, uh, you know, when we, we were talking, so it's, it's hard for me to uh, talk about this without also t- uh, sounding like a fan too. So I'm, I'm trying to cover this uh, fr- from the business sense, but you know, fr- from the fan, like we, we went through, um, I'm speaking as a fan now, we went through 115 losses a season for what, four or five seasons. And this season has been so fun and they've uh, exceeded all expectations. And then all of a sudden in the middle of like a, a just a magical season, it's like a once in a generation season, uh, the owner has to decide that he wants everybody to re- remind everybody that he owns a team again. And it's just like all, all of the, all of the angst about resigning him and all that, all the bad feelings about 115 losses just kind of come out again. And it's just, my fear was with this young group that it was an off field uh, distraction that, you know, when they're coming up through the minors, they haven't had to deal with all of a sudden now you're dealing, you're, you're in first place, you have a target on you and now you have to deal with the, the all, all, everything off the field, uh, which is, uh, which is bizarre. Um, I, the problem also that I've had, in terms of dealing with this is when we report on stuff like this, um, we always go to, to both sides and there's usually some, you, uh, you usually some reasoning on the other side that you could disagree with, but it's a, you know, a legitimate way of looking at things. And th- this idea that, you know, you can't, you know, what he said uh, was uh, he was in, in Tampa Bay and he was talking about how the Orioles hadn't won there in, in, you know, five years. And they already had more wins this year against the Rays in Tampa than going back to 2017 combined. Um, and the edict from the team is more, you know, we don't want to talk about the 115 loss seasons. Uh, we don't want to, we don't want to look cheap necessarily. Uh, and we just want to talk about how good this team is, which I thought he was, he was doing. So if I'm Kevin Brown, I, 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 I'm almost feeling like, what can I say or how can I say it? It's a, it's, it's a, it's tough in, in, ter- in those terms. Um, uh, he came back for the Seattle season uh, series. So he, I think it was, uh, he was off the, he was off television as of July 28th. And he, he came back for the Friday night uh, of Seattle, which I think was the 11th. Uh, so it was a, a, about two full weeks. Um, and just, uh, you know, he, he came back, he didn't address it at all on, on air. I think he thought that the, uh, the tweet, uh, w- would address it. And uh, like, they had a couple of like really exciting wins. They had a 10th inning win. Um, actually he had two 10th inning wins on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, he had some great calls and some, some really good, um, opportunities to, to, to make uh, great calls. And, so now uh, we have a pod coming out actually on Wednesday, and we talked about this a little bit. If you're Kevin Brown and your con and your contract is coming up, I think it comes up in about a year or so. 
does he have to go? I mean, so, so how much does, because this doesn't happen to announcers, you know, that that one night, I think it was a uh, Saturday night or was it during the week when the, the crowd at Camden Yards was cheering free Kevin Brown and he was at home and he was he could hear this. I mean, that's got to be an emotional moment. I mean, how much can you think of uh, somebody who has adopted Baltimore as his hometown, uh, is beloved by Oriole fans, is the voice potentially of a team that's going to be really good for a lot of years? How much does that weigh in versus uh, working for an ownership that doesn't give you the kind of leeway that you would get pretty much at, a, at any other team? And that's the big, big question to look at moving forward. Well, let me ask you this follow-up then, John. Why would he have to go? Because I think he already kind of drew a line in the sand with this statement that is the, one of those, hey, blink twice if you need help kind of situations because clearly the team kind of helped him put together what what he was going to say on Twitter and, and kind of didn't say anything and didn't provide any answer for it. So he just wants to enjoy his job, do his thing. I think if he leaves, it's more probably about money. I've heard that the Orioles pay lower than any other team mass in for Orioles broadcasts. So I could see that being the case as anyone's going to, you know, think about their livelihood. But otherwise, I feel like they kind of just brushed it aside and now he's going to go back to doing his thing. I think there's a bigger picture of how much this affects people thinking that it's state-run media and, and being entertainment and trusting what our broadcasters are saying. But I don't know if, you know, everything's the same if he would feel the need to leave, you know? Uh, I totally agree with you. I think that this is his decision. And I think that, uh, you know, if he has designs on becoming a national broadcaster and he does do some games, uh, not baseball games, but he does do some games for uh, ESPN, um, uh, uh, in college, uh, you know, it could be like, all right, let, let me sort of spread my wings and, and do something a, a little bit differently. Um, I don't think he has to, to, to leave. I think it's, it's totally his decision on, on whether to leave or not. And, and just the fact that he bought a house there is trying to raise a family there and, and really seems to have touched into some sort of, uh, yeah, something with, with the fan base, uh, is, is uh, I, I think it's a unique situation for him that, you know, maybe they'll, he'll give the Orioles and Mass in a, a hometown discount. Yeah, and as you see, some of the quotes that he came out with saying how the relationship, oh, I have a great relationship with the brass and these people. I, I kind of felt like maybe he was being pushed to say that. I don't want to speculate at the same time, but it just felt like the whole situation, it was just like, ah, I feel like he's kind of trying to brush it off to be like, right, can we just move on from this? But when... It was a serious problem that they had there, what they made there. I just felt like the quotes, you know, were from him, but at the same time, like, I right, just trying to brush it off a little more just to move on. Yeah, it felt like 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 North Korean uh, uh, statement that, that came out of, of sorts. Um, I think, like, he wanted to cut, get back on the call. He's, I think he's an elite uh, play-by-play uh, voice. He has, a, he has a good voice. I think his calls are good. He, he rises to the big moments. Uh, and I think he just wanted to get back on air. And it's like, what do I have to do to get back on air? And that was a statement. That's that's how it, that read to me. Hey, John, so we're in a different world now. There's more transparency. Things get covered in five seconds, right? And we had the free Kevin Brown chance right after, which was awesome from the crowd. Because really, when you get back to the core of this, the suspension was total bullshit. Like, he wasn't even close to tiptoeing the line of what should be unacceptable in terms of what someone can say. I feel like this sort of grab of free speech that goes unpunished shouldn't go that way. Like I'm hoping that behind the scenes, 
someone like Rob Manfred had a conversation with him. And I know owners are sensitive. Not all. Some are like, hey, go for it. Say things. We've, I know you talked about, we've talked about like the Mets broadcast and certain broadcasters that are like, hey, we're going to tell it like it is. But do you think that something should be done or we should be concerned about the state of media as far as what teams put out there when they control so much of the media? It's like you need some believability here and also to remember that it's entertainment. He wasn't even saying like, oh, remember how we tanked for six years and we totally sucked and our owner's <laughs> cheap as hell? Like he literally read a graphic. If that's a problem, it's also – it creates scare tactics. Like this is their livelihood, right? Like that's his salary. That's other people's salaries too who are not as good as him. They're going to be concerned about what they can say, and that makes baseball more boring. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to throw this back on, on you guys because you're now independent and you had been with MLB Network. I mean, this is yep. how things have been going with, uh, you know, NBA TV, MLB Network, NFL Network. And then with teams owning all of the, uh, all, all, you know, all of the um, uh, team rights and and, ha- and hiring for the, the booths and everything. The, this might be an extreme, but we've seen a lot of this, I think across leagues and across uh, across networks. And, you know, uh, uh, it's something that's been, you know, uh, th- the lines have been blurred for going on like two decades uh, right now. But it re- really, th- throwing it back at you, do you feel like, like you're independent? You could say more than you, than you would have been able to? Oh, it's not even close. It's, it's night and day. I didn't even realize sometimes like what the main topics were. So yes. And, I and, think and, and you weren't really even told, I bet. I bet you just kind of like innately knew, oh, I better not go there. Yeah, there's both. And, and <laughs> there's both, right? Like sometimes it's, it's talked about a ton. And sometimes, yeah, you know what your standing is, who you're working for. Here, here's where I think the problem is. I think the younger generation wants more honesty, authenticity, I think they want more spice too. So when it comes to opinion and commentary about a sport, I think the believability when you are working for a team or a league, if they're not allowing you to say what you want to say or not even close to that in a situation like this, they're not going to turn to you to get your take on something. You want to document a game, that's fine, right? But when it comes to like a, a pre and a post game show or any kind of talk show, how am I supposed to believe anything that you're saying when you have to look behind you significantly obviously there's a line right in terms of what you can say and and not offending people right but to me this has gone so far past all that this particular case which is what concerns me john so i'm i'm with you there i I would be concerned and i think it's no secret you talk about pat mcfee all the time on your show it's no secret why you look and you're like oh look independent guy saying whatever the fuck he wants on a show he's getting all the attention stealing eyeballs from from league run or even just like more of your corporate world legacy media oh let's bring him in because he's got this fan base now that's what we want that's what i was following see you put your finger totally on on the just the larger issue at play here like i've referenced my my son a bunch of times like like he he's as big of a fan as i am but he consumes it totally differently. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch the game and he's going to, he's going to consume it over Twitter. He consumes it over independent media all the time. So, you know, that's what, that's his expectation level because he follows, you know, reporters or, or whoever on, on, on Twitter or whatever social media site. And that's a big issue. All the leagues are trying to get younger and all the leagues are trying to figure out, how to get him to spend money on his fandom as opposed to me. I have to pay for, you know, my, my cable system or I have to, you know, buy, buy uh, better seats. He'll just you know, like buy a nosebleed and scroll through, scroll through Twitter 
and they're not really getting any kind of money out of him. And so that's a, that's a big issue there that you put your finger on. And the one other thing I'll, I'll bring up and kind of mention to you and get your take on is I'm sure you've seen, and Ken Rosenthal's part of our team at, at Foul Territory, you know, he ended up not working with MLB anymore. So it's not just, oh, pod digital social world. It, it's, it's influencers doing goofy TikTok dances or something like, no, Ken Rosenthal is an established, super trusted elite insider and opinion in our sport for a long time. And he's at the athletic. Yes, he does games for Fox. And that's different with documenting the game. He's not doing a long talk show. He's got a talk show with us called Fair Territory, and he comes on our show. I think there's going to be more of that if it's available, especially for someone who's had such a successful career to be able to continue to operate the way that he wants to operate, which is just tell it like it is. He, he's always trying to be fair, but to be fair, you have to say what you want to say. That's another good point too. Cause uh, yeah, I, I don't want to just pick on MLB network and NFL network and NBA TV. I mean, you look at some of the decisions that ESPN has made through the, the NBA booth and uh, they'll deny it, but like the idea that that, that one of the big, NBA's biggest critics and Jeff Van Gundy is no longer there as as they're trying to get get right uh, the NBA rights, you know, makes makes you arch your eyebrow a little bit. Uh, the NFL is well known uh, about contacting the networks and saying like we don't like this message get, getting out. The sports leagues have become so powerful vis a vis the uh, the the TV networks. That it you don't just have to be a league owned entity to to feel that pressure to sort of toe that line. Speaking of powerful, go back to Angelos in Baltimore. How what is this whole stadium like? How can they not play in Camden Yards? How can they how can <laughs> they want something more when they're already getting six hundred million at the end of this season? It will kick in once they sign the lease. Like what is I just I need more transparency. And this is one of the reasons that we started this show. The show is awesome for transparency, but there is I think there there's some very not transparent owners. <laughs> this guy is like a recluse. <laughs> and then he comes out when he wants something else. Like it's like I don't understand. I don't understand what's going on and I need to find out what is going on with this whole ballpark issue and how this is going to get resolved. Are you talking about John Angelos? And by the way, John, then you can answer oh, yeah. this. The, the owner of the Orioles or the guy, <laughs> the president of Masson who makes millions of dollars? Yes. Oh, wait, it's the, the same person. Uh, yes. Right. The guy who <laughs> self-employed. <laughs> Just sign the lease. Sign the lease. Uh, uh, all my sources say that there, there's, uh, you know, there, uh, there's uh, various reasons for the holdup, but they all believe that the lease is going to be signed. But the fact that we're in mid-August and the and the lease isn't signed is starting to cause a lot of a lot of angst. There are a lot of other markets that don't have professional baseball teams. I'm looking at Charlotte. I'm looking at Nashville that always get uh, that get get mentioned. Uh, but everybody uh, associated with the game from uh, from MLB offices to to the Orioles uh, say that there's nothing really to to worry about there. That they are going to sign the lease. But it's not signed, so in, until that happens, there's gonna uh, th there's gonna be a lot of that angst. All right, so let's finish with this, John, because you do a lot of prognosticating both with your articles and then especially on the podcast you have with Marshand. What do you think specifically the future of baseball media 
looks like. And you can go anywhere you want to go, whether it's the games. And obviously, I know you've covered a ton of what's going on with the regional networks and the league taking some of that. But also definitely curious on how baseball can continue to keep up because we talk about this a ton. And like Krat said, part of why we put this together, you know, we got 10 player hosts and Ken and all these people involved is that we felt like at times baseball was falling behind from a content perspective and giving people what they want to hear from players, which was like real talk, cursing, all of that, which we see with so many players in football and basketball that have started their own media companies. So your take on how baseball keeps up with the rest of the pack there. You know, when I start, first started working at, at Sports Business Journal, I always viewed baseball as a really old school sport. And I, I, I realized, like, this, this is the sport of, uh, you know, Major League Baseball Advanced Media, BAM, you know, and, and, and they, they were at the forefront of streaming and they were at the forefront of sort of that sort of access. And they seem to have, they've lost their way a little bit, but I'm going to take it where the big story that I've, that uh, take your question uh, to the big story that I've been covering for the past year, and that's the, the regional network situation. And uh, right now, baseball is really in the process of trying to get all of its digital rights back uh, because one of the one of the complaints about baseball is that it is such a regional sport. It's not a very good uh, national sport, um, especially during the regular season. And they think that that, you know, comes down to the playoffs as well, sort of, you know, once your team stops playing, it's hard to get, uh, get those fans invested in, in into teams, not as bad as hockey, uh, but, but it's certainly a little bit of a, a play there. The way that fans are going to be able to consume baseball is going to be so much better than, than uh, what we've had for the past uh, decade or so. Uh, baseball is really pushing to end the blackout rule. I expect that to be gone uh, at some point. Uh, I think the idea of sort of home markets, you know, if, if, if you're an Orioles fan who lives in Milwaukee, you can just you know, like, uh, you know, pay. You don't need to subscribe to cable. You can watch an Orioles game you know, or whatever Orioles game you want. If I'm an Orioles fan living in D.C. like I am, but I want to see Otani, I'll be able to sort of click on that, you know, as a, just kind of a it's kind of going to be a more affordable um, way of doing that than than the out of market package, the extra innings package. So I think they're they're on the way to, to really trying to na- uh, maintain the regional strength, but really nationalize the game so that you can watch whatever you want to watch whenever you want to watch. Um, it might cost a little bit, but uh, but for what you're paying for cable now, it's probably not not going to be that bad. Oh, there was nothing I heard more about working for the league from fans, right? Nonstop, like, end the blackouts. Let us watch this. Let us watch mm-hmm. that. And I mean, I obviously didn't respond, but I'm like, you're talking to the wrong guy. I am definitely not the <laughs> one solving that problem <laughs> for on, you, man. but I am with you. I am with you. I think there, there's nobody that actually thinks like, oh, I don't want that person to see. It. And that's finally where the league's like, all right, enough of this, right? We need our fans to be able to access us as much as possible. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. Hey, John, great to have you on. Appreciate it. Super important topic, obviously very relevant in your world on many fronts, including the team that you root for. So thanks for joining us. Great to talk to you on here. Thanks for the invite, man. Really, really enjoyed this. Thank you. Appreciate you. And, uh, you can follow John Orand, uh, at O U R A N D underscore S P J writes for uh, sports business journal. And also, as we mentioned on his podcast, along with Andrew Marchand, good stuff there, but important topic, obviously, it, you know, I get passionate about that stuff. Oh, you do. Yeah. Yeah. And he yeah. should. He should. Well, like, I I it, you guys talk about at bats experiences, all that. And I tee you guys up, but for this one, I'm like, yo, you can't tell a guy he can't read a fucking graphic. 
and and I and I lean on you for this stuff because the whole like government TV and everything is it opens my eyes. Like I guess I'm ignorant to that kind of stuff. And the more we're doing this, I haven't watched that channel in a long time. How much did they cover the Kevin Brown thing? How much did they cover the A's. Oakland A's thing? Yeah, you can go down the line. Some it's people, just they're not allowed, you know? It's owners so how have much a lot did to they? say. Did they, did they say, well, you know, they, they banded together. Oakland A's fans banded together. Wow, we saw the Orioles fans band together, but not actually talking about what it is, or they just completely ignore it? I, could, I wish I could give you the answer, too, because I'm not watching much, right? I'm, so I could text some friends and ask, but my guess would be like on Brown, for example, zero. My guess would I, I would I would say strongly that that like was they a, could easily that that they that was not getting touched, right? It would have gotten touched if you know, like if I was the commissioner and I know shit's complicated, I'm calling John Angelos and I'm going like, dude, no, not allowed to do this shit, or I'm going to suspend your ass, right? I'm the commissioner. I'm hired by all of the owners to oversee the betterment of the sport. That's my job. I know that's not necessarily how the job is nowadays. It's more like a CEO position working for the owners. But there are 29 others that are probably embarrassed about what you're doing right now. So, no. You put him right back on the air right now, and you issue an apology saying we had a mi- – now you can cover yourself a little. Hey, there was a misunderstanding about something going on. He's right back on the air. Our bad, right? Some accountability. Now, that's not the case the son of a freaking owner, a dude that's never accomplished anything in his life. 